Boom. And we're live. Welcome, Alan. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How's it going, Rev? Good. I'm on my second cold brew. I'm, I'm a cold brew. Are you a coffee drinker? I'm a total coffee drinker. I've become a coffee snob the past year. So I, I've got too many whole bean blends in the house and too many different ways to make it in the morning. I, it's, a, it's been a good habit to pick up. Now that you now that you own the choice of which coffee gets going in the pot rather than going to the office and you're like, well, I guess it's here, I'll drink it. It's like, no, now that Alan's in charge, Alan has a higher set of coffee goals and coffee needs. It, it is. It's, it's totally changed my palate. I'm like one day French press, one day it's pour over. I want something darker, something lighter. Um, so, you know, it's we'll, we'll see how long that sticks. My wife and I, uh, my wife and I basically, we both love coffee. Like we, we became coffee snobs a while ago, but like, I'm not used to being in the house every, well, I am now, but for the, prior to the last year I went to work. Right. So she drank a coffee that I didn't drink. So it didn't matter. Uh, now we like have to bet like what coffee do you want and how do you want it? And we also realize that like, I don't drink hot coffee anymore. She drinks only hot coffee and I like cold coffee. I feel like I can sip it for hours in it. Like, so now there's like, the pot's brewing. I got the cold brew in the fridge. I also have the one I like. It's like we've been overtaken by coffee. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm lucky that my wife is uh, a chai tea drinker, so I don't have to compete on flavors. <laughs> we've got the we've got the tea going in the morning. We have the coffee going. There's no there's no real crossover there. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have my wife and I also get up at different times of the day, so I'm full into a coffee by the time she gets to that. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the day. Alan, welcome. Alan McGee from Church's Chicken. I'm super excited you're here. We've known each other for a while, but the intention here is like, look, um, multi-unit brands are really, really hard to market, right? It's mm-hmm. easy to put something on Instagram. It's easy to buy a Super Bowl ad. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's easy to get billboards. Like, it's easy to do like big moves, right? It's mm-hmm. easy to do brand level marketing right but the difficulty comes then when you have these locations everywhere and every location has a different need it has a different audience it has maybe even have you know i don't know if you guys do this but maybe different stores have different things on the menu different ltos like it's Mm -hmm. complicated right yeah so the idea that we want to talk about it is and i know you're really good at this is like how do multi-unit brands like church's chicken market at the local level how do they make sure every location is taken care of. And this, this is where I'll, I'll stop talking and let you talk. <laughs> uh, is even though it's a, it's a multi-unit brand, it's a chain, whatever you want to call it, right? The people that live near that location are locals. Mm-hmm. And that store ha- is a local store and has a local audience and therefore needs to be treated like a local marketing, a, a local market, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's how people think of it. This is my local churches, or this is my churches. I, that's how people talk, right? They don't think about it as, uh, you know, the it's a national brand. And maybe they say I'm a fan of the brand, but, you know, I've got my couple brands here that I go to that this is my local, you know, local Marlowe's or local Duncan or local Starbucks that I go to. And that's, and that's what I think about. And so um, there is a lot of brand work that gets done. And I think you're 100% right. It's easy to to buy media at a at a national level to kind of give that that cloud cover from a brand perspective. But when you get down into a local market, whether you're in a big metro area or you're in a small rural market, there's different tactics that you can take that that work, but there's still kind of the same playbook that to work from. Um, so I came through restaurants and hospitality and one of the things that we always talk about at the really restaurant or hotel level was four walls, four blocks, four miles. And so 
at the at the restaurant own those four walls and using merchandising for the right thing whether you know are you dinner business are you lunch business um you know what are different specials that work what are those different community partnerships and then looking at the the four blocks that little debt trade area around your restaurant where are those opportunities with businesses there um and then the four miles which is where you're probably majority of your people are coming in from right and so looking at are there media opportunities are there additional outreach opportunities how can you look at other customized content so a lot of times i always start with that four walls four blocks four miles and that's just a good starting point that's awesome all right it's a, so there's a couple of things right so there's marketing that you can do in HQ at the brand level, right? There's marketing that you can do from the location level. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you think about like what's one tactic you employ that gets marketing done at the location level? Yeah, I think there's a, a couple things. And when we think about guest behavior, really where a lot of brands are going, this is where, where we're going. And if you're not thinking about this, you should be. It's around personalization and behaviorism. And so as a guest, I'm either coming in at lunch, I'm coming in at dinner, I'm ordering uh, bone-in chicken, or I'm getting tenders or a sandwich. We all have these preferences. And if you have that, have that data to be able to then personalize, that's what really works hard at a local level. And so you're able to give someone the, say, the right message that could tie to something that's going on around that restaurant or some behavior, but also to, to that person and the more personalized of a message you can give them, whether it's a SMS push, it's a app push, it's an email, it's something that's personalized on the website when they show up that's geolocated, those type of things. That's one thing that can kind of work in that middle space to help people feel more connected locally. But also this brand knows me. I've been coming here. And yes, I know the, the crew that's working there. But also when I'm getting messages, they're more personalized to me. So you have to you have to be collecting data, right? And you mm -hmm. have to be leveraging data, right? And so you have to know that like me, like I don't eat seafood. So sending me a message about your new fish sandwich, like gone, like waste of effort, right? So how do you mm -hmm. do something like that? Well, there's a couple different ways and it starts with the data side of it. So you've got to be able to collect data and that's either through a customer database platform or a lot of brands have a loyalty platform. So you're in there scanning or you're ordering online and there's some level of preferences that are being stored inside of there. And then being able to plug that into something that can push out those automated messages. So looking at a segment of people that really like, uh, like our Texas tenders, right? Or like jalapeno cheese bombers, those type of things, putting an offer with those and then sending those out or just reminding somebody that comes for dinner every Friday. That's the only day they come send them an email on Thursday with a reminder that the, what we have new for dinner, we don't need to send them an email on Monday because they're going to forget about it from, from that point on. So it's just making those small kind of nuanced things that you really even don't have to give people an offer half the time. You just need to give them a reminder about the brand. And if you can do that in a more personalized way, it makes them feel much more connected. I say both functionally and emotionally from a loyalty perspective. Totally. All right. So let me, let me, let me create a scenario here. Okay. So 
uh, you want to promote the what were they the jalapeno cheddar bomb? But ridiculous. Cheese bombers. Yeah, cheese bombers. You want to promote those, right? And you're like, hmm, I only want to send this to people who we know order this thing, or they order side of whatever, whatever your mm-hmm. your qualification of that segmentation is. Yep. What stops you from just going? Why don't we just send this to everybody? Like, why wouldn't you? You totally can. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I'd say that's historically what the what the restaurant industry has done is we've sent really batch and blast messaging out there. Um, but when you look at it, you probably look and go, gosh, we didn't see really good performance on this um, between open rate or usage rate, things like that. So, you know, what if you looked at those people that only ordered side items or ordered cheese bombers and sent that and then to the other half that didn't sent them something else that was different, that was around we would say center of the plate, something that maybe was a bone in or, or family meal. And you're probably going to see better performance because that 50% is getting a more relevant message uh, to them that isn't tied to a side item. Got it. So re- rather than being complacent and lazy, like try to be hyper personalized and see what happens, right? It, it, exactly. And it's real tough to get to the one-to-one. So a specific offer for me, but if we can get to the, the one-to-some, that still is getting you a lot closer. And you're going to learn too. If you can do two or three or four different messages, offers that you can test, you're going to see that this one works really well. So maybe we replicate it uh, with a different audience or a different product. And you're going to learn over time versus going all in with one and it's either, hey, it worked or hey, it didn't. Um, you know, you should always be testing and learning to then help inform what you do the next time around. Sure. Now, what if you did this? Okay. Again, I'm the cheese bomber guy. Right. But you also want to promote like some drink you have that I've never milkshakes or something. Right. Would you do something where it's like you'd send me the cheese bomber message and then try to upsell me once I'm in the cart to the other thing you want to promote? Totally. Or, or you know, I pair those two together and saying, you know, get this with with this. And maybe you're you're adding a drink on that's, um, you know, a free item with the addition of a drink, something like that. So either upselling once they're in the cart or pairing it together and knowing that, Hey, you know, they feel like they can get this product for free if I try this other thing. Um, and that's a good way to get that brand trial. I mean, I, I'm, I've gone and done that plenty of times where I'm like, Oh, Hey, this is a, a one plus one equals three. Make the guests feel that way. I remember, uh, when I was 16, so this is a while ago, uh, you can see the gray in the beard. Uh, when I worked at McDonald's, I ran our drive-through. The reason I was the number one person in the drive-through was suggestive selling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want crispy golden delicious fries with that? Like, literally, we'd crush it every time, and like, it's the same thing, right? Exactly, Rev. I did not know that you started at McDonald's because that's where I started when I was sixteen, back cooking burgers, making apple pies, egg McMuffins. <laughs> so I did not know we had this, you know, that's awesome. the same background. Technically, I was at KFC for five weeks uh, and I got let go because I I clearly hated the job. I hated it. And uh, and the boss was just like, yeah, we didn't put you on the schedule for next week. And I was like, "Uh, okay." I ended up at McDonald's and I was there for 18 months and I loved it. But it's a whole other story. So, yeah, exactly. So I, lo- I love that we, I said, like, how do we market at the location level? And you're like, oh, we market at the person level. Like you take it a whole other, whole other level deep. I love that. Yeah, because you can go at the location level where it's, hey, this location, we're going to do, say, for instance, you have a loyalty program. We're going to do double points or we're going to do $2 off at at this restaurant. Well, that's great, but it's still not necessarily relevant to a lot of those people that maybe are 
are fans of that restaurant or that's their, their local restaurant. So that's where we see a, a lot of action that's happening nowadays is um, you're getting specific offers from locations and, and that works, but there is a ceiling to that at some point. And that's where the personalization comes in to help you know, elevate that ceiling even more because you're putting something more relevant in front of those people based on their behavior. Got it. And I mean, we're really talking about retention here, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody that's already a fan of the brand, like get them back in and going. A hundred percent. And, and there's so many people that the brand is in the consideration set. I mean, even when I think about dinner, my wife and I say, where are we going to go to dinner? There's di- different kind of consideration sets that we have based on how we're feeling, what the day is, what we want. And there's three or four brands in there. And so depending on what's going on, there may be something that sways me into one of those brands in, in that consideration set. And so that's kind of how I think about it is people are really thinking about where they're going to eat. And a lot of times your brand's in that consideration set. You just got to do something to kind of like just push it a little bit forward to be in that number one spot. Uh, for my household where there's a five-year-old is typically, do they have nuggets or hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Although, and now we're derailing a little bit. We went to a fine dining restaurant in Mystic, Connecticut last week. And I was like, this is the exact meal my wife and I want to have, but there's nothing on here my kid would eat. And they're like, we'll make him a peanut butter and jelly. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you'll probably go back there again in like six weeks. Uh, I posted on Instagram this morning. I was like, I love this place. All right, <laughs> let, let's back out of that. Uh, let's talk about acquisition, mm-hmm. right? Because retention, reten- I don't want to make sound retention is easy, but like there's a hundred paths to retention, right? Sure. Like acquisition is really hard, right? How do you how do you affect acquisition at the local level? Like what kind of stuff can you do or what, what kind of things are you doing? A lot of it comes down to, to content. And there's so many people searching and trying to decide where they're going to eat, especially as people are getting out and about more. Um, where's, you know, where's somewhere I can stop by for lunch that's near here? And there are so many people that are in that funnel for searching. And so we focus a lot of efforts on our content and it's making sure that, that one, you've got all your restaurant information matches up between Google, between Facebook, between the website. Um, and you've also got localized content in there. So you've got some sort of local information around that restaurant inside of your listings, looking at things like reviews and review management, all of those, there's no one silver bullet in there, but if you do those three or four things, it helps you win when people are searching. And when people are searching, I mean, you can probably tell me the stat on this. They're trying to make a decision like the next like 12 or 13 minutes, right? So it's, it's a real quick decision. Um, and there's those things that you can do to make sure that you, you kind of, you steal that share, or you capture that visit because they're already in the funnel. I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it's something like 50% of people who search for a restaurant dine within an hour and 75% dine within a, a day. Yeah. Exactly. So they're already predisposed to, I'm hungry, I'm going to go eat somewhere, I'm looking for information. And if you can focus on those things that help you capture or win that, um, you're going to acquire a lot of folks. And that goes for the same way with media. With media, you're driving people into being aware for your brand to consider your brand. And maybe it's crave appeal from a product, or maybe it's some other messaging around um, what you're doing. And so once you get there is how, and they come to try to discover you, how do you make sure then you move from that discovery phase of getting them the right information to th- get them actually into the restaurant? And so it's that kind of middle of the funnel 
that I'd say acquisition-wise has to work really, really hard because you can bring them in, but if they come out the bottom of the funnel, it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, I think if I'm if I'm understanding, Craig, I think you're talking about making the journey easy, right? So you said it better than I did. Yes. <laughs> so like if, if somebody is like, I'm searching for a church's chicken, right? Or I'm just looking for item that's on your menu and I'm in the search part of my journey, I'm on Yelp, I'm on Google, I'm on mm-hmm. Facebook, whatever. Got to make sure that they find what they're looking for. Exactly. A great example, before we rebuilt our website, um, we had coupons and we had our menu and they were kind of two or three clicks away on back pages. And so when we looked at our journey in Google Analytics and saw that people were looking for side items, they're looking for those jalapeno cheese bombers, they're looking for fried okra. People really want to discover our side items because they're unique to churches and also actively looking for coupons. And so what we did is we just, we moved that stuff to the front page. We put coupons front and center on the page. You don't have to go searching for it. Right. And then we made our side items a a specific page and we highlight them throughout our other channels too. So being able to see what are people trying to discover? And then, like you say, just make it really easy. Put it in front of them. Don't make them search for it. Don't make them work hard because that may make them go, uh, gosh, I can't find this. I'm spending too much time. And after a minute of trying to search and find something, they're just going to go to the next restaurant. Totally. Uh, so you and I know each other through the search universe. So obviously it's, it's, it's core to our relationship and we're believers. But um, I think a, where a lot of brands go wrong is they think about their website and what needs to be on their website. And they think about like what should be in their social media. And they think about what should be in their email. And we're talking about content here, right? Mm-hmm. And they like spend time on that, right? But what happens in the I'm hungry for chicken and getting to that content, right? That's like the missing piece is making sure that like when I'm on the internet doing the thing, right? Those connect, mm-hmm. right? And so how, how do you do that? Or how do you think about that? Uh, you know, a couple different ways. So one, we look at the role of the channel first. So you're hundred percent right. It's, you know, what is the role of email? What is the role of social? And then what's the role of really web and, web's holistic between the website and every other piece of content that's out there around the brand. Um, And so being able to tie those together of, I'd say web content and social are definitely discovery vehicles. And with social, it's around brand personality, engagement, showing craveable food. And then through all of our web content, it's, you know, showing them how they can, how they can order information on that restaurant. Who are we as a brand knowing that we're, um, you know, we're a safe place to visit, especially in, in the past year, right? Reassuring people of those things. So being able to put anything at their, their fingertips um, and we're constantly looking at what are, what are people discovering? What are they doing through their journey? And it evolves over time. But I say, if you look at those two and say, what's the purpose of, of each um, and focus there, I'd say it's a little more functional from a web and, and, um, and website perspective, but then more emotional on social, right? I want to go there and cheese pull on the mac and cheese. I want to see that user-generated content of, of an influencer uh, with our chicken sandwich. And those are the two places that people are searching that's going to help their decision criteria uh, as a brand. And then once you get them in, you have a great experience with them. That's where you can get them into your CRM, to email, to app, all of that. And then they're in a totally different cycle. Right. I mean, you're highlighting the importance of why you need to do retention marketing. Like 
it doesn't matter how they find you. You got to keep them. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because uh, they, they've come in and most likely they've they've had a good experience. And so now you want to say, hi, how do I turn you into someone that tried the brand into a into a loyalist? How do I get you to now follow me on social media? How do I how can I engage you with uh, another personalized offer? And so if we can get them from that first visit to that that third visit, um, you know, usually people start to become loyalists after that after that third visit. If it's a new brand that they've tried. I love that. All right. So I say this all the time. You have to tell me if you agree or not. I think there are three main ways that a consumer discovers a restaurant brand. Okay. For sure. Word of mouth, right? Mm -hmm. I posted on my social media. I told you about a friend you posted to the LinkedIn or Facebook. Where should I eat? Like without a doubt, word of mouth is the thing, right? Yep. The second one is search. So somebody is hungry, they're craving, or they heard about a brand and they go to Google or Yelp right? Or mm -hmm. Facebook, right? That's two. And number three is advertising. And when mm -hmm. that could be a billboard, it could be a Facebook ad. It could be, again, a Super Bowl ad. I don't know why I like to bring that up. It's not like everybody <laughs> does them, but people know what it is. Yeah. Um, it, is there any other major way in which people discover restaurant brands? I'd say that really captures probably the the 90%. You know, I think the, the other way, honestly, is people are driving by and they see a new restaurant pop up and they go, oh, what's that place? And and that's really it. But, you know, you're 100% right on, on word of mouth. That's how people are. Uh, you know, people really trust in, you know, in their network of telling them friends and family of, of what's really good or what's really bad. Advertising is bringing that, that broad awareness to it. And then in search, um, you know, like when they're trying to consider when they're hungry and trying to find somewhere. So different occasions, they all kind of work together. And if, if you have all three, it covers that 90 plus percent. All right, let's let's speed round this a little bit, okay? Right. Uh, what's your number one favorite way to advertise? Oh gosh, um, right now streaming. What like this? <laughs> Everybody go eat churches. <laughs> hey, go churches. Uh, no, I'd say streaming audio and and OTT. So we've we've been doing a, a, a lot of that, and I love those channels. Um, just with what you're able to do with them from a targeting perspective, but also bringing out the brand personality. I think um, I'm just really high on those channels. Awesome. All right. What's your favorite way to affect word of mouth? Favorite way to affect word of mouth. I'd say um, showing love to your fans. And, and we do that through social surprise and delight are, we call them our day one fans, our hardcore fans, people that defend us. If someone says something that we don't like, um, so I say that's a way to really build word of mouth. So be, being present and interacting on social, whatever social looks like, could be exactly. a review, could be Twitter. Recognizing people and saying, Hey, I see you as, as a fan and I appreciate you being a fan of what you're doing and, and doing something special for them. Awesome. All right. La last speed round question. What's your number one way to affect search? The same content in multiple spots. So look at your, your Facebook, look at your website, look at your listings, making sure you have the same content in there and that there's enough um, specific content around though that local restaurant. And if that all triangulates, that helps you. And that's how Google essentially helps move you up the ladder. Can I, I love that answer, but can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. So that, and it, it, I hate it when this happens. 
I've decided I'm going to a restaurant. It hasn't happened to your brand yet. So don't worry. But I'm like, yes, I'm going to go there. And I put it into Waze, right? Which is a discovery channel to a certain extent, right? Yeah. I put it in Waze. It's a, it's a two-way highway with a divider in the middle or a state road. And it puts me on the wrong side. I literally have to go another mile up the road, do the roundabout. It makes me freaking bananas. I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. The other example I have is there's a, a breakfast place near me. And we wanted to go early one Saturday and the website said 7.30, the listing said seven. So I went to Facebook and said eight. I was like, when is this place open? So I ultimately had to call and was like, you know, what are your actual hours? Like, <laughs> Cause I don't want to show up when you're not open. I don't want to show up at 7.30 if it's really eight o'clock. So. Yeah, importance of managing your, they have, my wife and I were in Mystic last week and we wanted to go see the shipyard. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's not open on Wednesdays. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess we won't go. And we happened to pass by it on Wednesday and it said open Wednesdays. And I was like, like, we would have totally gone here today. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's really those little things, making sure that it all triangulates because you never know what channel someone's going to look. And if they question one, they're going to go to the other. And it just gives you more truth and relevance that it's all the same. Awesome. All right. We've got a couple of questions here I want to bring in. So Robin Mulder, by the way, Robin is in the FBI uh, and she used to be in a punk band and she joins these and she's awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm summarizing her life much more terribly than she deserves. But she's asking to how are you getting to the why? Like, why did it work? And I think she's and she gave an example here. So, like, for example, I might click on an ad not because I'm interested, but because I'm thinking this is a terrible product and I feel compelled to look. Obviously not churches, but this leads to the data look like I might be interested. So how do you get to the why on like, why did marketing work? How do you analyze that? Yeah, it's it's really, there's there's not one piece that, that really says that, that it's working. Ultimately, we're looking at, looking at sales, right? Looking at sales, you're looking at transactions, looking at behavior, if you have that for your guests of, are they visiting more, those type of things. Um, but the key thing we're really looking at is, what I look at is attribution, right? Is did this did this ad that you clicked on and then being able to see, did you visit a restaurant in the, in the next 14 days? Yeah, a click is really nice. But then the day what I'm tracking is, did you actually show up to a restaurant? Or did you get to the website? And yes, you perused around, but did you actually go and click on a delivery link or an ordering link or a directions link? So at the end of the day, I'm really focused on attribution of getting to that visit less on the, you know, we got a click or we didn't get a click. Sure. I, for me, it's like, did I get your email or not? Like mm -hmm. that's it. Cause if yeah. I have your email, I can send you another message. You know yeah. I, mean? I would focus on that attribution or action, right? It's about getting the guests to take action. All right. We got a great question from Lloyd here. Who's over on Facebook. Do store owners slash franchisees doing local marketing with you? Uh, I assume that's your teams, et cetera, make a difference. Um, I would say, I would say, yes, you know, working with youth teams is a great community engagement tool coming from um, my past world uh, with Moe's Southwest Grill. We did a lot of this and we partnered with high school teams and youth teams and minor league baseball, whatever those communities were tied around. And I'd say those get, it gets you one access to that fan base. Also those fans are, you know, a, a fan and they say, Hey, you're supporting this team that made my kids on or that my, my kid used to be, or I coach. And so you're getting some of that, uh, like say that emotional loyalty, you're, you're kind of buying into that. And so then when they think about, am I going to go to a restaurant X or Y, 
you kind of have the veto vote a little bit because they know that you support something that you're emotionally tied to. So big fan of that, um, of, of partnering on a local basis, whether it's youth teams or, or even kind of, you know, co collegiate, high school, whatever it is. Awesome. Yeah. And by the way, we, we could probably go uh, super ridiculous deep on, on that type of stuff. So, yeah. but Hey, I said, we do this for a half hour. We're coming up on 20 minutes. So I don't want to take up many more of your time. Alan, this was awesome. Thank you. I mean, look, I don't think there's a silver bullet answer for this, right? Like there's no. tons of things you can do. A hundred percent. And no silver bullet. And our motto is progress over perfection. It's just focus on keeping, you know, one, one foot in front of the other, continuing to move forward because, everything's a moving target and there's no perfect solution. There's no perfect answer. So just focus on progress. Awesome. Killer. Thank you. If people want to get in touch with you, what's, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, just hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, hit, send me a message. I'm, I'm pretty good on responding on there. Um, request me and always happy to, uh, to have some conversations and chat. Yeah. You're probably linked somewhere in the broadcast here. So uh, you should be one click for anybody that wants to ask you a question. Super simple. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Alan, thank you so much. Uh, if you're watching this uh, live or recorded, thank you. Leave a comment. We'll, we'll answer them as we see them. We'll be back. I'll be doing this again next week. I'm bringing in Liz Basner from A&W Restaurants. Do you know Liz? I do not, but I've, I've, um, they're doing some cool stuff over there. I've read a couple articles recently, so I'm, I'd be curious to watch and see what she has to say. There, there's a few of you out there like who really get this thing the 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 marketing at the local level and i was like i'm pinging the people i know them that know the most first so you're one of them she's one of them would be great but again if you're watching this and you like this join next week we'll have liz from a and w and then i intend to keep this as a series because this is a question you probably ask every day how do i do this mm -hmm. exactly no i appreciate it i appreciate awesome. being on thanks so much awesome thanks alan make it a great tasty day thanks you too all right bye-bye